Destination Eat Drink is up next. But first, listen to this great other show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. <clears throat> A lot of anchors do that. <clears throat> Are you ready? Ah, oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. That Let's do good. it again. What? That was good. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Hi, I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. Back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. I need an agent. Rice balls with different shapes. Gelato on a brioche bun. And markets named for yelling. This week... We're in Palermo, Sicily. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Each week we visit a different city and find out what to eat and drink there and cool things to do. This time we're in Sicily's largest city where we'll find out why they eat couscous in Palermo. Best place for gelato con brioche and travel outside the city for the restaurant with the best local mushroom dishes. But first... Be sure to subscribe to Destination Eat Drink. You wouldn't want to miss an episode. So go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Stitcher, or Radiomisfits.com. Every episode is also archived at DestinationEatDrink.com. Just click on Podcasts. If you've been listening to the podcast regularly, you've probably realized that I love Sicily. I've done episodes on Catania and Ortizia, and just two weeks ago on episode 60, I spoke with Esther from You, Me, and Sicily about Terramina, among other topics Sicilian. So when I read an article in Savour magazine about Marco Scapanini and his company Niche Italy, I knew I had to talk to him about Palermo a city I love, but I haven't done an episode on yet. Marco is based in Palermo, but he's originally from Naples, and I soon found out that he's an expert on wine and food and so much more in Sicily. So here we are talking about Sicily, me and Marco Scapanini. Destination Eat Drink. Marco, you're from Naples. You grew up there. Must be one of your favorite cities. You must have some fond memories. What are your favorite things to do when you go back and visit Naples? What is magic about Naples is uh, having the same, uh, exactly the same tradition, exactly the same environment, and also the hospitality of the people. So it's something that really makes me happy every time I go back to Naples. And I think it's something that also makes happy the people that uh, are, go to Naples for visiting. So... Uh, the our way of of living and the way of thinking is uh, that uh, even if there is a problem, we can solve it, and we always smile. <laughs> so that's something that makes me uh, very relaxed and happy when I go to Naples. So I think it's one of the uh, town in Italy with the biggest personality. So obviously there are a lot of contrast, but when you are there, you get a special energy. And uh, that's for uh, one side. The other side, uh, you know that I like. Uh, food and wine so uh, is to go and taste uh, all the little things that I was tasting when I was uh, at school when I was a kid uh, like the pizzetta which is a small pizza at Mocha which is a place in the neighborhood of Chiaia and that's exactly the same taste 
the same spot, the same people working there, even if they are older, right. and uh, or going in the center of Naples to try my, the best espresso, which is uh, at the Cafe Svelato in the behind Piazza San Domenico, where is the Cristo Velato, uh, and then also trying the Sfogliatella or the uh, the Zeppoli San Giuseppe at Scaturchia, which is the inventor of the Sfogliatella in Naples. So a lot of little things. This is exactly what I like the people try when they come with me uh, in a tour. Um, and the, the area of Naples that I think is uh, improved a lot is the historical center because um, basically it was pretty inaccessible in the past. Uh, and now they did a great job to clear up everything and uh, everything is now accessible. Uh, so from the area that starts in uh, Piazza del Gesù going through Piazza San Domenico and uh, ending in Il Duomo, probably in this uh, like half a mile, you can experience the best of Naples, including the famous wallet pizza at uh, Di Matteo. So, so we go outside, there is a little booth of the pizzeria. They made the same pizza that you can have a seat at the table, but they fold in four. It's like a wallet. And so yes. you can eat walking around. I love how they do that. They fold up the pizza and make it portable like that. It's so great in Naples. But you also do tours in Palermo. And Palermo is one of my favorite cities in all of Italy. What is it about Palermo that draws us there? Okay, um, so first of all, uh, for you to know that uh, I'm from Naples, my wife is from Palermo, so we, we create the kingdom of the two Sicilies. <laughs> for people who don't know, if for a long time, Naples and Sicily were part of the same kingdom, the kingdom of two Sicilies. Exactly. And now you've created this in your household. Exactly. So we have two kids uh, and... Uh, for me, it's very important that they support the Napoli soccer team. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm trying to do a little brainwash to them, but maybe it's too early now. <laughs> Keep working on it. You'll get there. Yeah. And um, again, uh, what I like about Palermo that uh, really when I decided to move to Palermo for love, but then also to put my Italian base uh, for the tour is because uh, technically it's the town that reminds me Naples the most. Uh, the difference that uh, uh, in Naples we don't have a big uh, um, heritage in the Arab uh, culture. That, right. that instead of uh, in Palermo you can find very deeply uh, from the market, from uh, the also the mentality. When we say Arab, usually we talk about like North Africa and uh, or the Eastern, um, the east, the southeast of the Mediterranean basin, because you know C Sicily. Um, Naples, we had the domination, but mostly there were Spanish and French. In Sicily, uh, everybody <laughs> right. went to Sicily and would like to stay there because they were exactly at the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. So they can be in the best spot to control the trade, to control the military action. And that's why. And you know what? I noticed that uh, uh, in Sicily, who came uh, after? didn't destroy what the other population uh, built before. So that's why you maybe move around 20 miles and you find, yeah, from the Greek temples, then you, you find the Spanish Baroque architecture, you go in Palermo and you have the Norman Arab architecture. So that's, uh, so doing uh, Palermo, but doing Sicily, I, I always say you save a lot of money because in one island, in one week, you do like you're doing a trip of the Mediterranean <laughs> part of Europe <laughs> you can see in a all. week. <laughs> yes. You mentioned yes. the Arabs. They brought so much to Sicily. They brought citrus to Sicily. They brought a lot of the nuts and the fruits to Sicily. What uh, What is some of the Arab influence in Sicily and how does it 
how does it show itself today in what we would eat when we go to Palermo? Palermo and all the west coast of Sicily is the one with the with the major Arab uh, domination and uh, influence. So, as you said, the, the fruit, but especially the dry fruit. Um, imagine that um, right now we have a, a white wine that is called Zibibo. So, the, this grape uh, is a, is a family of the Moscato grape, and it was brought by uh, the Egyptian uh, um, like over 600 years ago. And it was used for years only for doing the raisin for the couscous. Now oh, okay. they make a wine out of this grape. <laughs> but and you have to think that the, 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 farm, the local farmers were using for make wine like 50 or 60 years ago was terrible. It was like amber color, very thick, sweet, and undrinkable. Right. <laughs> but now it's, now it's wine of the finest aromatic uh, wine that we do in Sicily. But again... Uh, so uh, raisin is a typical example of the Arab influence in the food because uh, the couscous is something that was coming clearly from uh, Maghreb, from North Africa, or from Egypt, uh, and it was introduced in the in, uh, in Trapani first, so which is on the northwest corner of uh, of Sicily, and uh, because uh, Palermo, uh, you know the the name Palermo means Pan Ormus, so from the ancient Greek means all uh, arbor. And uh, till now, uh, one of the strengths and the weaknesses of Palermo is that uh, the harbor side is taking most of the part of the seaside of Palermo. But in the past, it was very important because uh, you, you can have a big economy coming also from the fishing activity. So what happened? The, the North African, they brought the couscous. But when you go to Maghreb, the couscous is always with the uh, lamb, uh, with vegetables. So it's very hard to find the seafood couscous which was uh, kind of um, uh, invented by the, the Sicilian, the Northwest Sicilian, because they had a lot of seafood coming in Palermo with a fishing boat, so they were using the couscous instead of the bread. Uh, when you have a seafood soup, uh, even if you go to Tuscany, you have like the garlic bread in the bottom and the, and the seafood soup on the top, uh, like the bouillabaisse from France. That's a, that's a little bit what happens in Sicily, but they use the couscous. <laughs> so that, that's... Okay. Uh, just an example of this uh, melting pot of a culture where the Arab uh, influence is very, uh, very uh, important. One of my absolute favorite things about Palermo is all the outdoor markets. Marco, talk about the different outdoor markets in Palermo and what are some of your favorite things to buy there? Uh, first of all, uh, yes, obviously Palermo uh, and the other town of Sisi, uh, like Siracusa, that also has a very nice spice market in Ortigia. Uh, oh, they, yes, I they, love that market in Ortigia. It's one of my favorite places. I know, I know. And it, that one is, uh, is an old spice market, you know, because uh, Siracusa was one of the oldest uh, Greek harbor. And so all the merchants from the Eastern Mediterranean were going to Siracusa to trade the spices. And it's still like that. But that's we're going to talk about Siracusa maybe later. But <laughs> coming back to Palermo, yes, uh, the Palermo style is more like the souk, the souk in, uh, in Morocco or in Tunisia, so the real uh, uh, Arab market. So what's the characteristic? Uh, we have uh, three main markets in Palermo, so La Vuceria, Ballaro, and Il Capo. Uh, and they have uh, three uh, different characteristics. First of all, La Vuceria is the most historical one, and uh, it's probably the one that is more similar to a souk. Why? You know what Vuceria means? No. Uh, Vuceria is a direct word coming from Vuciare, which means screaming. 
in in the Sicilian dialect <laughs> because yes, because like in the Arab so book, true. yeah, all the vendors are screaming "Pesci Frisco," <laughs> which is a kind of song, uh, but is the way to attract the, the the customer to go there and right. buy. So that's very very Arab and. Um, and uh, and the Bucheria now it stays a little bit like a historical place, but it's not the most active. Uh, you go to Bucheria a lot for the street food. They do the stigliole. Uh, when you go in the in the, the main square of Bucheria market, uh, you see all these uh, open air grill that are um, grilling these uh, like screwers. Uh, like uh, they look like little kebab, but uh, in the reality, <laughs> they are like the intestine of the of the veal of yeah, the yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't know it, you eat. Wow, it's super good, super sweet. So guess what? You just ate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, and then uh, uh, Ballaro um, is uh, is in the like a real um, historical center of Palermo, but. Uh, is the medieval market, uh, Ballaro, and is more open during the weekend. We, we uh, in Palermo, we call the weekend market, um, and uh, it's very famous for uh, the fruit and vegetables. But also, there are a lot of uh, butcher shop, uh, so people go there for buy the meat, uh, especially in the in the weekend. And the last but not the least is Mercato del Capo. Mercato del Capo is actually my favorite because it's the one where I go to do the grocery. It's, uh, it's the one that is the most active. It's the one where the Palermitans are going to do the, the, the grocery. So it's not uh, like a place to visit. It's a place to go and buy. And that's where I usually take my people so that we can have uh, like a true experience. Capo means the... Um, the head in in Italian, but in this in this specific case is because it's on the top of a little hill in the center of Palermo. That's why it was called Il Capo. Marco, one of my favorite memories of visiting Palermo is we were at one of the markets. I can't remember which one. And the atmosphere was just so vibrant and wonderful. There's We're standing there and a group of nuns come in and they're doing all the shopping for the convent. And then a guy comes screaming through on his scooter and hits a table and everyone's all uh, up in arms about it. And everyone's, you know, yelling about what they have to sample. And, and then we get an orancini fresh out of the fryer, hot out of the fryer. And orancini is one of my favorite things to have in Palermo. Tell us First of all, what an orancini is and how we can enjoy them in Palermo. First, first of all, you have to be, to be careful how do you pronounce it. Uh, am I saying it wrong? It's, it's, no, 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 no. You are saying right. But arancini uh, is the way they say in Catania on the East Coast. Oh, of course. Ar yes, arancine <laughs> is the, the way they say in Palermo. And, you know, there were a big fight. Uh, I don't know how many people died for that. <laughs> but, and, you know, but my, my, my father then he moved to Catania, so uh, I went to Catania very often, so they will start uh, calling Arancini when I met my wife from Palermo, so she was like really thinking about not to get married with me because of that, so, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> so but now we are talking about Palermo, so we can call Arancini. Basically, what's the difference? Uh, Arancini, I think, is the, not because uh, my wife is from Palermo, but uh, she's not here, she doesn't listen to me, but anyway, <laughs> it's the most correct uh, word, because it's like an orange, and uh, orange in Italian is a female, so arancina, and arancina is the plural, is the correct one. 
because they look like uh, like the shape uh, and the color is like an orange. <laughs> um, obviously, um, they, they, they have a lot of uh, possible um, uh, derivation of this, but uh, we think that obviously the rice uh, is coming from uh, China. So someone took the rice to Sicily. Everything is fried. Is it also can come from uh, the from the south of Spain that also went to Naples and then to Sicily. So I think it's a little bit of mix of everything. We cannot give uh, like uh, an origin because, uh, you know, rice is not, uh, as we say, indigenous from Sicily. So rice right. is uh, originally coming from China. But now it, uh, the two most uh, classic um, uh, arancine uh, are with, one is with, um, we call with ragu. So it's actually it's a grind meat uh, with the tomato sauce uh, and uh, green peas, or uh, the white one, which is with a kind of bechamel. So they call arancine al burro because there is a butter and uh, this uh, kind of milk um, sauce made with uh, a little bit of uh, nutmeg and uh, and uh, black pepper. So and then you can do as many as you want. So you can put inside besides the rice everything you want. But those are the two traditional ones. I've spent time in both Palermo and Catania, and I was always told that the arancini in Catania have the cone shape because of Mount Etna, and the arancine in Palermo are round <laughs> like a globe. But I was going through recently, I was going through some old pictures of Palermo, and I did see there were some that had the cone shape to them. Okay. Have you seen this? Yes. So originally, uh, the, the cone shape uh, is, uh, they they made to distinguish from uh, the, the, the other one. So the cone shape is usually the one with the uh, ragu, with grind meat. Uh, okay. All right. And the, and the round one is the one with uh, like uh, butter and, uh, and the white sauce. So, so it tells you what's inside. It's kind of because you couldn't see it because it's on the inside. Yes. So, so some of the some of the arancini makers, uh, uh, especially uh, from Catania, so arancini, <laughs> they, they they did it. They say that because of the of the Etna, but uh, like the, the main reason is to distinguish from the other one. Marco, my favorite thing in Palermo when it comes to street food is the finchone, and yes. this is like a, a spongy pizza. Describe this finchone, what what it is exactly, and where we can get it in Palermo. Okay, so finchone is a way of making something. Uh, so uh, there is this finchone. Uh, it's like uh, technically it's a finchone focaccia, focaccia sfinchonata. Uh, sfinchuni uh, means uh, with anchovies. Uh, um, Technically, because uh, the the original recipe is with this uh, tomato sauce, onion, uh, and anchovies and breadcrumb. Which is the topping of the of the focaccia? If you move like uh, ten miles uh, east, you arrive in Bagheria, uh, which is a little uh, town uh, by the Circo Superlermo, and they do the Sfinciuni Bagherisi, which is a completely different. No tomato sauce. Uh, there are the anchovies, but uh, is a is a white sauce, uh, and uh, and they also put other spices. Uh, so uh, even inside uh, the pal- Palermo metropolitan area, you can find different kinds of spinchoni. Um, this is something that if you go to the um, Mercato del Capo, uh, there are these vendors that are uh, cutting the spinchoni in front of you, and uh, and you can buy for like a big slice for one euro, one euro fifty, and uh, or you have to go to the traditional bakeries that are uh, making the spinchoni. Then. Uh, 
you can have uh, like um, some seafood, like the capone, which is a, a winter kind of seafood. Uh, they do in the oven and they call a capone sfincionato because they open in two. This uh, seafood is like the mahi-mahi hmm, in terms of taste. Okay. And they, they do the same topping of the focaccia sfincione and they put in the oven and uh, they do the capone sfincionato, which I love, technically. <laughs> and these are great to get with uh, street vendors and whatnot. I find the crust to be more spongy, I think, maybe because the tomato sauce is on there and maybe it kind of gets into the crust a little bit and makes it spongier or something. But the crust always seems more spongy to me than, uh, than regular focaccia. Yes, yes, you are right. Uh, and uh, also to a regular pizza. So it's more similar to a focaccia than to a pizza. But uh, as you said, uh, then uh, this kind of tomato sauce, because um, usually it's a strained uh, tomato sauce, with, uh, with a, it goes uh, really inside the dough. And then uh, that's why it's making this very spongy uh, texture. But you are exactly right, <laughs> and uh, you know it's very hard to find uh, in the like in a, in a restaurant or in a supermarket because uh, it has to be done in the traditional way. I would, just to give you um, an example, that in Sicily, uh, when you ask to someone where are you gonna find the best caponata, where are you gonna find the best finchone. You know where? At my home. So because <laughs> <laughs> so we have a big tradition to eat uh, at home. So we don't use to go outside so much. Maybe when we have to go with friends and everything, but the big tradition of the Sicilian kitchen uh, as well as the Neapolitan uh, is uh, with the grandmother cooking ah, or mother. Or, grandma's yeah, kitchen. Yeah, 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 kitchen, yeah. Yes. In Palermo, Something important is the marzipan or the frutta de martorana. Oh, I, yes. I'm butchering the name of this. I'm sorry. But talk about why this is important. In, well, first of all, describe it. But why is this important in Palermo? Martorana, uh, the name Martorana, is coming from a convent, uh, which is in the center of Palermo, in, fr in front of the Fontana Pretoria. And uh, because the, the nuns, uh, they were the ones that were making the most important uh, uh, like uh, sweets and cakes uh, that are in the Palermitan tradition, like the cannoli, for example. The best ones are coming from the convent. And uh, this kind of um, pasta martorana is like marzipan that is um, uh, made with a fruit shape and then painted with a natural color coming uh, from the fruit pigments and sugar. And it it's really was the specialty of the convent of Martorana. And uh, then, uh, all, not only in Palermo, but going outside uh, in Erice and uh, in another place where there are famous convents, also in, uh, uh, in Moreale, they are still uh, doing this. Now, the marzipan, they make into these little shapes looking like f miniature pieces of fruit, whether they're oranges or cherries or what, whatever they are. I remember walking by a bakery the first time and seeing them and thinking, wow, how did they, how did they grow those tiny little oranges? Because they're so realistic looking. Does the convent still practice this making of the little marzipan um, fruits? Yes, they do. Uh, not anymore at uh, Martorana. Uh because it was uh, mostly like something about like 100 years ago or more. But in the small convents, uh, like the one in uh, in, uh, in Erice or uh, the other one, uh, which is in uh, Castelbuono, like behind Cefalu, they are still doing that. We talked about sweets with the marzipan. 
And my favorite sweet in Palermo by far is, you know, everyone knows what gelato is, but in Palermo, you have something called brioche con gelato. (laughs) This is fantastic. I love this idea and I love the taste of it even more. Tell us about brioche con gelato, Marco. Uh, brioche con gelato uh, is something typical from Palermo. And uh, when I moved to Palermo, so my wife uh, would say, oh, we're going to have lunch with brioche with gelato. I said, what? You want to give me like a gelato for lunch? Are you kidding me? <laughs> then then I knew. So it's, it's, it's a meal. Yes. And, uh, and uh, what I was surprised that even during the winter, people are uh, doing this. It's not like only a summer a summer thing to do. So uh, people are doing also with uh, during the winter. And uh, the, uh, the brioche, uh, the Palermitan brioche uh, is different from the one in Catania. The one in Catania is a little bit of a bowl on the top. Uh, we call Coppolicchio. In Palermo, is uh, just a round uh, uh, bone. Uh, and then uh, they open in two and they put the, uh, the gelato. So it's a kind of sandwich uh, with a bone instead of the hamburger. You have the, the fantastic gelato. Right, right. But, but, and then you can have a brioche with gelato con panna. So you can also add some whipped cream. Uh, the most famous is uh, gelato al uh, cioccolato. So the chocolate gelato uh, brioche uh, with the panna with whipped cream. Or you can have with a uh, coffee granita, so you can also have with granita, not only with uh, granita is a little bit more like summer thing to do. So brioche with granita, al café, and uh, with cream. <laughs> it's the most delicious sandwich ever, but it's also one of the sloppiest sandwiches ever because your brioche con gelato, it's very difficult to figure out where you're going to eat it without it coming out the edges and going down your arms to your elbows and all that. Uh, I always say to people that uh, I was impressed. I went to New York to a place called Five Napkins. So they do a burger <laughs> and then we go need five napkins. I say the brioche congelato is 10 napkins. Why? <laughs> <laughs> try. <laughs> yeah, try to do it without 10 napkins. Um, yes. We're talking to Marco Scappanini. He is the owner and tour guide for Niche Italy, a tour guide company throughout Italy. Marco, my favorite custom in all of Italy is the passeggiata, the evening stroll, where everyone comes out from the neighborhood and everyone's visiting with each other, parents pushing strollers, young people are flirting. Where would we go in Palermo to experience the passeggiata? Okay, so passeggiata or struscio, so struscio is a direct name of the passeggiata, the tradition is coming from the obviously the small town uh, with the only one main street uh, where everybody <laughs> was meeting on the road. But you know, Palermo is just bigger, but the tradition is still the same. And uh, uh, Via Libertà, um, there is a Via Libertà is very very long uh, street, but there is a between uh, Piazza Croci and uh, Piazza Politeama, they close to the traffic, so it becomes pedestrian. And that's where uh, most of the people going for the passeggiata and also from uh, the two opera houses, uh, which is the Teatro Massimo and uh, Teatro Politeama. You have Via Ruggero Settimo that also, that's, uh, if you go for Christmas time, it's incredible, it's packed. So I, got, I was with a friend of mine from Los Angeles and they say, Marco, but wow, we could <laughs> we cannot walk. <laughs> it's a big tradition. Imagine for Christmas time. <laughs> You're supposed to go for your evening stroll, but there's nowhere to walk. <laughs> no, no, no. 
that, that, that's why because there are all of, of the shops so obviously in christmas uh-huh. time all the shops are open so right, a lot right. of people are going there for shopping but it's very nice it's where you still find people that are oh how are you oh you are here too da, 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 da. it's like a big village <laughs> marco i forgot to ask you where's the best place for us to go to get brioche congelato in palermo okay i like uh, baralba um, which is uh, actually is not uh, uh, in the historical center, so it's uh, more in the residential area. But uh, the residential area is where you find the best thing because it's where you have like local people. Use, uh, they're very demanding and they want to have <laughs> the best. So Bar Alba is in uh, Piazza Don Bosco, so along uh, Via Libertà, but it's a little bit uh, uh, west of the town. That's uh, it, but it's worth the trip. So it's. Uh, where all the families from Palermo with kids, they're going to have a brioche congelato. We'll definitely go there on our next trip to Palermo. There's For sure. There's lots of great places that are nearby Palermo that we can visit when we stay in Palermo. Maybe the most famous is uh, Cefalu, a great uh, popular day trip destination. Tell us what's special about Cefalu, what we should do if we go to Cefalu. Cefalu, yeah, it's uh, first of all, is one of the um, vacation place for Palermitan people so a lot of second houses are uh, around Cefalu area uh, but from the historical point of view Cefalu is a beautiful uh, um, medieval town by the sea which originally was uh, fortified uh, now we have uh, still some um, some walls but not like in the past uh, but imagine that is like a little peninsula that is going into the water with this huge uh, Duomo church that is uh, you can see from the from the road when you approach to Cefalu, which is one of the most uh, uh, beautiful example of the um, Arab Norman architecture. So the, the the style of the town is like medieval with a very tiny narrow streets, but the kind of architecture is taking also the origin in the Arab Norman architecture. So it means that inside, like the church, you have a lot of golden tiles. It looks like a mosque, and then. Uh, in the, in the structure is uh, more gothic, so it's a blend of the two architecture, which is fantastic. And then uh, um, just walking around, you can find the medieval laundry. So it's where the 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 the, the women were washing the clothes in the 1300s, <laughs> and it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we don't know if they were using like uh, sustainable uh, soap right. or uh, whatever. <laughs> but probably again, not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, it, you have there the river that is um, flowing in the middle of the of the this um, laundry medieval laundry, and where the and it's, it's still you still have the water coming up from the mountain from the Madunye mountains, going into the into the sea. So that's where they were washing the clothes. And uh, I know it's not so like uh, environmental, <laughs> right? <laughs> And um, and then uh, like uh, 20 minutes uh, uh, far from Cefalu, going up in the mountain in the Madonia, which is a natural reservation park, you can find the town of Castelbuono, which is another medieval town. It's a fantastic uh, other like a little sightseeing to do, even because there is a restaurant, small restaurant called Nangalaruni. This name means the little instrument, you know, that the dalandaling, dalandaling, those ketchup and siri, typical Sicilian, but they are specialized in mushrooms. That area, you have the oh. best porcini, the best, yeah. And the, the owner uh, was a ranger, retired, so he knows all the best place in the in the woods where to pick oh. up the porcini. All the secret, <laughs> and, all the secret places. Yes, and it's 
unbelievable. So it's something I always suggest to go. So instead of going truffle hunting like you would in Piedmont, we're going mushroom hunting outside of Chefalu. Exactly. Sounds wonderful. And one other place that's really nice to go from Palermo is Iriche, which is a couple hours west of Palermo. Uh, tell us what's special about Iriche. Two things, <laughs> among the others. Uh, first of all, Eritrea is the one of the tallest uh, um, village uh, that we have in Sicily in terms of elevation. Uh, we are talking about uh, 800 meters, so that is like uh, 2,500 feet. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very high. And uh, that's why um, all the domination, all the population would like to be there because they can see everything. With a bright day, from Eritrea, you can see also Cartagena, so the north point of Tunisia. You can see the Etna Volcano. You can see the uh, the Egadi and the Aeolian Islands. So you have a 360-degree view of Sicily and all the sea. So you can imagine wow. that. Wow! So the... you can see you can see all the way south to Africa. You can see all the way east across the island to Mount Etna. That's fantastic. Exactly. It's fantastic. So that's why everybody would like to be there for uh, being protected by the enemies that maybe were arriving by the sea or by the land. And, <laughs> You'd have plenty uh, so it of was time to get your weapons together to defend yourself. Uh, exactly. So it was founded by the Trojan. Uh, and then uh, we had about 10 different kind of uh, domination in Eritrea. That's why you find this heritage everywhere. In, in the town. Uh, but one of the most important thing of Eritrea is Maria Grammatico. I don't know if you heard about Maria, but uh, talking about convent and the pastry, so she's the live example of this. Uh, so she grew up, you know, uh, first of all, you need to know that in Sicily, when they were like a huge family, like uh, 12 siblings, um, like the, the guys were usually going uh, to the military and uh, and the, the girls uh, were uh, get married or going to the convent. Uh, so she was the one that went to the convent. Uh, but uh, she was able to stay only 15 years in the convent and then uh, go out. And then she learned how to make the best pastries, uh, including obviously pasta martorana. And she opened in 1963 in Erice her own uh, pastry shop, stealing the recipe from the convent. So she was kind of <laughs> discommunicated by the church. <laughs> they were so mad of her. Persona but non again, grata for taking the uh, recipe. Uh, 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 yes, but uh, still now, so this place has never changed. And uh, uh, usually with the, with my people, we go there in the from the back uh, from the backyard, and with Maria, we we go in her table and uh, we we help her to make the the pastry, the almond oh. pastry, the Genovese, which is a, a kind of a, a is a vanilla custard pastry, the warm vanilla. They just cook in the oven for four minutes and then you eat it very warm. It's a, it's it's a, it's oh. a physi physical and mental pleasure. I always say the people sit down, relax. And enjoy the pastry because it's, 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 a, it's a mystic moment. That sounds amazing, Marco. I think yeah. I think we should leave it with that because thinking of this is just absolutely making my mouth water. Uh, Marco <laughs> from Nice, Italy, thank you so much for being on the show. If people want to book a tour with you, how should they go about doing that? They can go on, uh, on the website. Uh, it's www.nicheitaly.com. And uh, there are there is a contact uh, which is info at nicheitaly.com. So they can and I read the email, or they can uh, like 
uh, called me um, directly and my cell phone. I don't know if I can uh, give my cell phone, but uh, well, I, if, you, I, if you like, you can. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It's can. a it's a it's a two six seven five seven five seven zero seven four. So I'm the one who's uh, uh, talking with the people at the, at the first because uh, said everything is a. Uh, very uh, word of mouth, uh, and the people need to uh, really appreciate uh, what we do before doing. So right. <laughs> it's nice to have a chat and see if we are in the same mood. <laughs> yes, it's called niche Italy for a reason. You know, these are very specific, very small scale tours, and that's why I exactly. recommend this for everyone who's thinking of traveling to Italy. Look up Marco on niche Italy. Marco, again, thank you so much. Uh, great stories. And I loved having you on the show. Uh, very welcome. Thank you very much. And uh, talk to you soon and hope to see you soon in Italy. Absolutely. Makes me want to jump on the old internet machine and look for flights to Sicily. I got to have those pastries made by the former nun. I'm sure I'll be tasting them someday. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Destination Eat Drink. Before we go, remember to head to DestinationEatDrink.com. I've got over 40 foodie travel guides from cities in Italy, Spain, France, and of course, the good old USA, plus many, many other locations. I just posted a foodie travel guide about Naples, Italy, and another for Turin, Italy. Sense a theme here? going to have to do episodes on those two cities as well. I love both of those cities in Italy. And I'm working on one for Palermo as we speak. Well, next week, we've got another great episode. We'll be traveling to the exotic Cape Town, South Africa. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by Ed Silla and the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. I will see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. <laughs>